0: Tuesday, the 8th of April, 1941. Madame Nerva led Rachel Dobkin into the living room of her small house on Underwood Road. Although it was a bright spring afternoon, the blackout curtains were drawn across the window. Madame Nerva motioned to a table and told Rachel to have a seat. A solitary candle in the centre of the table cast flickering patterns on the wall and bathed the room in a pallid light. Rachel sat down. "'and anxiously drummed the tabletop with her fingers. "'For two years she'd been coming to see Madame Nerva "'for her special brand of guidance. "'Can you tell me something?' Rachel asked, "'watching the candle's flame replicate itself "'in the glass beads around Madame Nerva's neck. "'Give me an item,' the psychic said, "'and I'll try to get through.' "'Rachel removed her wedding ring and slid it across the table.' Madame Nerva traced the ring's circumference with a delicate forefinger before picking it up and gently pressing it between her palms. She mumbled quietly to herself. Her brow creased in concentration as she gently rocked back and forth in her seat. Her eyes rolled under heavy lids, revealing just the whites. In her self-induced trance... Madame Nerva was no longer sitting at her living room table, but standing in a vast, grey, empty space. In front of her, two forms slowly took shape. One was Rachel Dobkin, the other a building, its features not entirely distinguishable. An open door materialised in the building's façade and seemed to beckon Rachel Dobkin in. No sooner had Rachel passed through the entrance, it disappeared, trapping her inside. Madame Nerva shook herself partially free of the trance, and returned to her physical self. You are worried and full of trouble, she said, eyeing Rachel across the table. You are planning to go on a journey in a few days to meet someone. Don't go. Leave it to the spirit friends and stay where you are. I see sadness for you. Will you promise you will not go? I promise I won't go, Rachel said, although she was supposed to meet her estranged husband on Friday to collect some money. Madame Nerva returned Rachel's wedding ring and urged her to simply stay at home. Rachel, sliding the ring back on her finger, said she would. She thanked Madame Nerva for her time and said she would come back the following week for another reading. The psychic saw Rachel to the front door and watched her walk down the small garden path, knowing she would never see the young woman again. Indeed, eight days later, she answered a knock on the door to Polly Dubinsky, a woman who introduced herself as Rachel Dobkin's sister. Mrs Nerva, the woman said. My sister was here on Tuesday. You told her not to go and see her husband and she went. She hasn't returned yet. Could you go into a trance and tell me about her? Madame Nerva, first name Hilda, ushered Polly in and led her to the sitting room. She asked Polly if she'd brought any personal item belonging to Rachel, something she might touch to establish a psychic connection. Polly opened her handbag and retrieved a scarf and jumper that Rachel had worn recently. As she handed them over, she told Madame Nerva she'd last seen Rachel at 4.30 on the afternoon of Good Friday, the 11th of April. Polly said she'd filed a missing persons report at the Commercial Street police station the following day, after her sister failed to return home. The on-duty sergeant took the report and entered the details on page 347 of the Metropolitan Police Department's Persons Missing Book. Rachel had gone off wearing a fawn-tweed coat with a brown fur collar, a blue woolen jumper, two woolen cardigans, one dark blue, the other light blue, a navy skirt, black shoes and a brown hat. Madame Nerva said nothing and simply ran her hands over the scarf and jumper, which she laid across her lap. She closed her eyes and concentrated on the texture of the fabrics against her skin. I went into a full trance, she later told investigators, and felt very funny.